Hello, listeners, and welcome. Twelve Sided Stories presents Otherworld London, an actual play RPG podcast that uses the seventh edition Call of Cthulhu system. We weave macabre, gaslight era tales of terror and suspense for your listening enjoyment. Our games are story driven and rules light. Now, our keeper for Otherworld London, Wes Otis. Welcome to Otherworld London. We've got some players with us. Let's start with Abria. Hello, I am Abria Iyengar playing Dr. Lisette Powell, surgeon extraordinaire, occultist dilettante. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Michelle Otis and I'm playing Eugenia Penbottom of the Lancashire Penbottoms. Hey, I'm Mac Beauvais and I'm playing Ethel Prendergast, who just would like to have a normal day once in a while, but that's not in the cards. Wow. Hi, I'm Terry Gamble. I'm playing Alizé Carew. Um, shopkeeper, not so much anymore. More like destroyer of gods. Um, <laughs> hopefully. We'll see. Unfortunately, that was just a position. Like It was more of a name promotion as opposed to an actual financial promotion. So you don't get that it's lateral move of, is what you're saying. It's a lateral move, unfortunately. Right. <laughs> But it sounds much cooler. It's going to look good on my calling card. Yeah. It's great for exposure. Oh, yeah. no. Oh. <laughs> oh. A, whole, a whole bunch of creative people like, fuck that. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. My favorite one is the skeleton, and it says he died from exposure. Yeah. <laughs> so. I've seen that with the organ trail as well. It's amazing. You died yeah. from exposure. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. All right. So the last time that we got together, you guys woke up in the morning at Eugenia's. The general was dealing with Martin, uh, allowing Lisette Powell to go downstairs and witness a very odd string of events that happened right in the drawing room. First, Ethel had been reading the book that Martin had typed out. And her eyes went milky white, and this orange goo started to ooze out of her eyes. The oozes oranges, oranges (laughs) 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 with all the terrible things. And so, Sondheim fans, thank you. No, that was amazing. I was trying to come up with like into the woods and I couldn't get into there, but I loved it. (laughs) And then you found a patch on her back that was about the size of a silver dollar. She's driving around a patchback. Yeah, she's a patchback. (laughs) Um, Unsubscribe. (laughs) (laughs) I gave Wes so much shit this morning, and now that I've had my pie and my coffee, I I am unstoppable. Oh my coffee, carbs. (laughs) carbs are wonderful she has a patch on her back that has a red vein that's bulging out of it and right now it's relatively small but emergency surgery has been spoken of and during the 1890s surgery was definitely the way to go uh it was so easy it's relatively painless when you consider that everything else that doctors did back then was extremely painful yes absolutely this night, you were going to try to deal with Sir Nunos for once and for all. And 
in the interim, you went over to find out what was going on with Mabel. When you showed up at Mabel's, all the windows are open, all the doors are open, and there's a really thick smell of decay. You found a poor footman, probably in his 20s, dead on the floor. And Ethel was able to speak to his ghost and find out that the Tillises have started dining on the flesh of their servants and Eugenia, after doing some research, thinks that it's possible that they're trying to replace the humanity that they've lost, but you can't be sure because Mabel was dealing with forces beyond the Celtic. She's actually dealing with stuff that, that you guys really haven't got it into much. You guys have been dealing with Sir Nunos and the Lady in the White. So you know that they're probably in the dining room where good lords and ladies eat. I... Do we have a, a plan? No. <laughs> um, yes, okay, so I was thinking of getting our hat pins from our bird hats. Uh, <laughs> and uh, using them to puncture and see if that works. If they are um, summoned in a certain way, I guess we need to be ready with a backup plan or tool. Well, I brought my pistol. Oh, perfect. I have mine as yes. well. Uh, also, I'm armed. Okay, well, I didn't know we were not supposed to bring scalpels to a gunfight. This is a bad scalpel look. actually might be quite, quite correct. And you did say you were going to give her an examination of sorts, so we could just be here under the pretense of helping her and hope that she's in some sort of right mind. Okay, well, if she eats me, I'm going to haunt you. You won't be the first. Evelyn. <laughs> <laughs> Alizé spent a good amount of time trying to avoid the help in this building not long ago. So you know where the dining room is. You remember the layout, you know, relatively well. It wasn't that long ago. Oh, yeah. And the shoes were peeking out from the... Yeah. Yep. <laughs> you tried to hide behind the curtains. I tried to it didn't work, well, work out well. Yeah, you, you failed your role and they found you. So you guys go to the dining room door... And on the way there, you see a lot of bloody drag marks of bodies on the floor, just streaks of blood, all leading into the dining area. And the door is closed right now. You think you hear movement, but you can't really tell what that movement is. I'm going to say very quietly to the group, perhaps one of us or two of us should stay behind just so they don't anticipate that there's four of us here. That's a good idea. Um, so who's going in? I feel like I should. So Alizé and Lisette are going to go in? Yes. Even though these are fictional characters and we are doing a story and whatever, I have a hard time saying Lisette instead of Dr. Powell. Because <gasps> when you're a doctor, you have to say Dr. Powell or Dr. Yeah. Whatever. Isn't that weird? Yeah. Yay! It's a funny, weird thing in your brain. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So you guys go to the door. How do you approach this? So I'm just going to give a little knock just to let her know that we're here since we did say we were coming, yes? Absolutely. And just let her know that Dr. Powell is here to help. All right. On the count of three, uh, the other ladies at the guard, be ready. East, west, pistols out. Tits up, pistols out. <laughs> All right. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, Mabel. Hello. 
The door opens. Standing before you is Mabel. She had on a cream-colored dress, but it has blood all down the front of it. A lot of it's dried, so it's brown. Coagulated. Mm. Mm. (laughs) Her face is covered in blood. Almost looks like from her eyes down, it kind of looks like a mud mask. Mm. And her teeth and stuff, the gums are black. You can tell that her teeth are not actually full-on human teeth. They look like they're hardened, really yellow, decayed bone of some sort. It looks bizarre, is what I'm saying. And uh, she goes, oh, I I forgot you were coming over. It's so nice to see you. Um, Oh, it's lovely to see you, too. I'm going to act like nothing's bad. Yep. Okay. (laughs) I I brought Dr. Powell because you seem so concerned with not feeling quite like yourself. Well, Lord Tillis and I are are having lunch, and would you like to join us? Oh, uh, we... I don't... I never want to disrupt my patients. Oh, dear, we have plenty... We have plenty of food. Come come in and join us, and she opens the door. You're so kind. Imagine a lord and a lady in the middle of London. They're going to have a table that's ginormous. It's probably 20 feet long. And on it are several corpses laid on top of each other all the way down. And Lord Tillis is at the head of the table. He's cracked open somebody's skull and his his face is just in the top of this guy's head, just eating. There's something coming off of his face and reaching into this brain and pulling Icker out, I guess would be the way I'd say it. So can I get sand checks from Abria and Terry? No. I got five. Oh, wow. Yo. Nice. Seven. Nice. Wow. We are chilling. We're just like, whatevs. It's been a tough day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like girl, I get it. Wow, blood for the blood god. It's chill. You, you just gotta eat. You know, yeah. there's just you don't have anything at home but servants. You know, and all they've got left to themselves have... now is a skeleton crew. Oh, <laughs> I have to occasionally be the one to have the bad joke. Yeah. <laughs> Good night, and I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> like I said earlier, unsubscribe. okay so you see this horrific scene in front of you lord tillis doesn't look like he's responding to it at all he's enjoying his meal and she says please take a seat anywhere we have plenty of food or just you know get a plate and pick what you like i just wanted to check in because uh, i brought dr powell to examine you since you said you weren't feeling quite like yourself would it be all right if she just just for a quick moment, just takes a look at you. Um, yes, I'm uh, so sorry. I have two other house appointments. Uh, oh, okay. You know, of, of course. Lady is uh, with child. Oh. We're going to go make sure everything is... Yes, I understand completely. Mm-hmm. What do we need to do? Should we go somewhere else where there's... Uh, well, I mean, he's my husband. It doesn't matter. What? Uh, what, <laughs> what should we do? Yes, if you have a, any sort of other, like, smaller parlor... Yes, we we can go. Let's go. Uh, The kitchen's well lit. And you guys walk into the kitchen and there's just streaks of blood from where people have been dragged everywhere. (laughs) And it's cleaner than the dining room, though. And there's no corpses. So that's at least a bonus. That's a plus. 
Yeah. What are why this is going on? Are you Ethel and Eugenia just keeping guard? What are you doing? Listening very intently for the sounds of distress. If we need to run in there, guns ablazing. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But you don't actually look in to the dining room at this point of your investigating career i would say that you have the good sense not to always look (laughs) (laughs) if you don't have to so you're in the kitchen she goes ah i've been just not feeling myself i just can't seem to get enough food and i'm worried about my figure and whether or not i'm going to be able to go to the social events that are coming up soon and as she's talking one of those weird teeth things that she has kind of just pops out and she doesn't respond at all. She just keeps talking. How do you want to do this? What do you want to do? May I take your hand while Dr. Powell... I'm motioning to Dr. Powell to like get her scalpel out and like be on the other side. (laughs) May I take your hand? I'm just going to take a little blood from your finger if that's all right. It's called a finger prick. Sounds official, right? Okay. So... (laughs) I love you. And you know what? Like... Dr. Powell's yeah. sitting there like, I guess she's just going to do this. This is fine for me. <laughs> yeah. Like, she's lost in how messy it is. We established in the, like, so... Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Like, this is actually her berserk button, and if she's freaking out, it's not because there is uh, dead bodies. It's that it's messy dead bodies. <laughs> <laughs> and she's just horrified. As if you know that Alizé Crew coined the term finger prick. Finger prick. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you guys, uh, you take her hand. Mm-hmm. Are you doing the test or are you going to let her do her scalpel? So she's got the scalpel up the ready. I'm about to prick her little finger. So I'm going to prick the finger. Boop. What happened? Okay. Can I get through this? Yeah. Oh, it's real simple. You know how when a balloon bursts and you see it in slow motion and it kind of slowly goes apart? Yeah. Her skin starts to unravel. And all of these maggots and worms start to fall on the floor as she burst into a pile of these worms and maggots. And if you remember when Ethel cast her spell, that's what overtook her was the worms and the maggots. She's on the floor and she starts to like push herself up and take a form. And she goes, she says in a really strange garble voice, oh, that, that feels so much better. And she's trying to stand up. I definitely need sand checks. Yeah. It's the last couple episodes. There's going to be a lot of sand checks. Oh boy. Uh, I got a 53. So I'm j- just, I'm just okay. I am no longer okay. I got a 94. <laughs> Uh, uh, 94. Oh, oh, God. Okay. So this is actually one of the first, like, full-on creatures that I'm getting from the Call of Cthulhu book. Nice. Because <laughs> we're kind of pivoting because she does more stuff with that. All right. And so I want to be... Oh, shit. Okay. <laughs> Yikes. Filled with confidence now, Wes. What happened to me? Ah, <laughs> uh, Yeah. <laughs> So, what'd you do do to me? Abria, unfortunately, you take two points, even if you you get the... Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Love to see it. Love that for for me. You take seven points, Terry. Holy shit. Cool, cool, cool. I'm like Mac now. It's a complete body of worms and maggots. 
that seems to be sentient. To get to this point, she's obviously forgotten for some reason her whole past life, but it is Mabel, and somehow she got reanimated by these worms and maggots. So I need a 10-sided roll from Terry, please. <laughs> cool. Yuck. Three. Insanity. Insanity. <laughs> she's on the floor as she's trying to push herself up. This creature that is now Mabel has a circular head that has a row of fake teeth that look like fangs. Though it has no eyes, you feel as if it's staring through you, as if it's asking for you to help it up off the ground. Alizé yells at the top of her lungs, Ethel and Eugenia, you hear her, and just starts stomping on the head of this creature, violently grabbing stuff and just pounding this thing for 10 rounds. So you're, for, for a few minutes, you just go nuts. This thing wasn't ready for your violent outburst from the mental shock of what happened. So it's subdued. What does Ethel and Eugenia do once they hear this scream? Oh, it's time to... Oh, I'm going to run Yeah, we're going to burst yeah. into the dining room. You burst into the dining room and you see this table full of corpses and a huge mound of maggots and worms near a corpse at the end of the table, but nothing else. You then realize that the other ladies are in the kitchen. So you run through and you find Alizé freaking the fuck out and hitting this thing on the ground and trying to destroy as many of these maggots as she can. My question is actually, what are the rest of you guys going to do while she's having this freak out violent Attacks. She's like throwing pots at it and stomping on it. You're hearing the, the squishiness of all these creatures that she's trampling underfoot. Does it still... I'm going to look for matches. Yeah, I was going to say it's time to set We're in a shit on fire. Yep. Is there a fire going in the... There is? She'd have gas lights and stuff, but you can find fire easy enough. Yeah. Okay. Because like some places don't have gas lights and... Electricity is relatively new, but she's rich, so she probably has the newer stuff. So it, she would definitely have gaslight. So yeah, I'm going yeah. to find something uh, to start setting this place on fire, and then we need yep. to get out. So, um, ladies, everything dies by fire. Let us set this place ablaze and run. How are you going to subdue Alizé as she goes cuckoo banana pants uh, I guess on this well, <laughs> while uh, Eugenia banana is trying pants. to get everything set on fire I'm going to go and try and restrain Alizé just you know try and yeah. get her a little more under control uh, Lisette what were you saying you wanted to do oh I pulled out a syringe and I'm like I have so much sedative got <laughs> <laughs> it, <on> it. <laughs> and I'm just loading it up this is going to be a two-prong attack. We're going to have Ethel trying to subdue Alizé while Dr. Powell tries to sedate her. Ethel, can I get a brawl? Fight, fight, fight. Yikes. I do not have good brawl. But I got a nine. Wow. Yeah. Whoa. A clutch situation, hey. and she pulls it out. Excellent. All right, so you grab her. Um, and, and what I'm actually doing is I went ahead and grabbed, like, an apron. Okay. 
And so I've thrown the apron over her, like I'm holding on the sides and then using that to try and hold her arms tight against her sides. Excellent. That's all very cool. Okay. So yeah, you do that and she's trying really hard to get out. Dr. Powell, what would you like? (laughs) Yeah. Let's give her a little pokey poke with this partner grade sedative. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I rolled a 32. I have a 70 of medicine. We, We did the thing. Yeah. You're fine. You're fine. Alizé. Yes. You remember getting really angry and your body, like, just getting jacked on adrenaline and going blind with rage. Yes. And then suddenly you find yourself on a cliff overlooking a beautiful valley. This forest is below you and there is a outdoor church almost, like a little setup. And you and Benny are standing there getting married and your family is all around you not far away as you are smiling and looking around you see in the woods that are just below the hill several yellow eyes looking up at you calling to you you remember what it was like to run on all fours through the forest with nothing on and wind just whipping past your body as you went as quickly as possible and the the feel of the gush of blood when you took down prey. And it's been a little while since you've had this kind of dual feeling in you, but it's definitely there. And they don't come out of the woods, but you can feel them calling to you. A little bit later, you wake up. You don't know how much time has gone by probably been at least an hour we'll get right back to you we'll find out what the ladies did as they were setting things on fire but that's what you dream of when you go off okay okay all right so she's knocked out suddenly and eugenia is starting a fire is there kerosene in the kitchen is there kerosene in the kitchen what yeah yeah there's kerosene in the kitchen excellent (laughs) okay Any good kitchen would have kerosene. So, no, um, I grab kerosene. I pour it on the maggots. Okay. And I guess are Ethel and Lisette, are you dragging her out? Uh, I imagine so, because I would need help to yeah. get her out. I think I've done enough schlepping of bodies that I could probably take Alizé on my own. I would think straight out the kitchen door, because that would lead directly outside. Yeah. Okay. Because the kitchen is off the thing. Yeah. Yeah. So as soon as they get her out the kitchen door, I throw the match onto the kerosene and get out the door. And then I help them because we need to get as far away because it is gaslit. We need okay. to get as far away as possible. Right. Because somewhere in that building is a pipe. Something's mm-hmm. going to plode. And this is before a lot of safety <laughs> restrictions were put in. So... <laughs> You guys get Alizé away from the house. Sure enough, a few moments goes by and you see just a little smoke. But because it was started so near the kitchen, it rapidly expands and then there's this huge explosion. You guys watch this house just explode and then burn. It's burning bright. It's going to take a while to put it out. Every so often you see a green hue come to a flame that shoots up into the sky. It's definitely not natural as it burns. And you can't help but think about Mabel and all you went through 
and the last visage of her burning in the embers of her old mansion. So after you watch the flames for a little while, do you all reconvene at Eugenia's house or somewhere else? Yeah, we would probably reconvene there so that we could get the carriage ready to go to Benny's parents' house. Mm -hmm. Okay, sounds good. So, ladies, uh, I think we should be extra cautious as we take this trip out to the country. Yes, I'll be helping lure Sununos, but I'm afraid he might be trying to lure me back in as well. As I have expressed about my mother-in-law's future mother-in-law's dreams, I've also just had a vision of my former life as a wolf. But you seem to have a much better sense of control over it now. Right, but he's not near me at the moment. I'm just concerned that it might get more difficult as we get closer. So you're going to turn into a a wolf? There's a reason we had a cage upstairs. It's because I was a werewolf for quite some time. Huh. Are you still feeling up to the task of what we need to do? Quite. Just giving you fair warning that I might need extra help or to be subdued while we're there. Dr. Powell, do you have very strong, strong sedatives like for an animal in your kit? No, because I'm a human doctor. Well, I'm wondering if it would be adequate for an animal, the sedatives that you have on hand, or do we need to stop and maybe get some more or something stronger for tranquilizing? I, I mean, I can certainly go to the pharmacist and pick up more, but that would be advised. Preliminary guess is that the cardiovascular system of a wolf-person hybrid would simply burn through any drugs much quicker, so... You know you can get a hold of, like, horse tranquilizers and stuff like that. There's not a lot of... Regulation. uh, Regulations right now, and they use shit that it's like they... Sometimes they just use shit that they shouldn't on humans. (laughs) So... But that is a option. Okay. Well, I will go load up at the pharmacist and see what I see. Uh, Are there any supernatural measures we can take? Well, we have the dagger, we have the goat, we have the the items that we need. Do those work on you? (laughs) I wasn't talking about me, but uh, for me, you may just need a muzzle. You're getting tranquilizers. uh, Maybe... Fresh steak. Stop. (laughs) (laughs) That should work. Do you like belly rubs? I'm just trying to figure out. (laughs) No, I do not. Okay, noted. Don't patronize the werewolf. (laughs) So you got a basic idea. You're going to get a really strong sedative that's probably strong. And then you're going to also maybe have some restraints or some some way to, I hate to say muzzle, but yeah, muzzle. You get all that stuff, and that takes up the rest of your day. You know, burning down a house, you also have to travel a good hour out of London, which, by the way, is a great idea. It, it amazes me how many parties are like, let's do the horrible thing right in the middle of the <laughs> So you guys head out. You have all your stuff. And sure enough, Alizé, as you guys are riding, because you've been this way before, You get flashes of yourself with a pack running towards London, which was the first time that you really changed when you went to the Duchess 
uh, house the first time, the manor, and you left Benny there in a state of befuddlement, you can definitely feel it. Now, luckily, it is not near a full moon right now. Thank goodness. Which is actually probably to your benefit. Yep. You guys head out there, and the place is well lit. You see the general's carriage and Benny's carriage, and they come out to meet you. And Benny's like, oh, I'm so glad to see you. I, I did catch my father, and he's back in London. That is for the best. So it's it's just the, the, the six of us right now. Uh, I even sent away the servants just, just you know, for, for safety reasons, just in case. Very smart of you, Benny. Thank you. The general comes up to Eugenia. Well, I do feel we are prepared, but yes, I am worried about her. Well, did you bring anything that could subdue her should we need to? All right, because I don't want her hurt. But I know, I know. I'm, I'm, I'm afraid for our safety as well. But thank you for coming along. He just takes your hand and pats it. <laughs> I kiss him on the forehead. Aww. You too. Yes, it's very cute. It is. You guys make your way out to the area. Now, Benny and the general are going to go with you. And the closer you get to the area, Alizé, the more flashes of that night come into your head. And you feel a bit overwhelmed by the animal rawness of the moment as you get closer to the area and you start to feel a little disoriented. But at the same time, you are relatively grounded. You're kind of into worlds kind of thing because you did split off from your, your wolf half. Your wolf half didn't have a chance in the hospital to re rejoin with you. So you do have that as a bonus right now. If it had been able to rejoin with you, this would be much harder. So I steal myself and squeeze into Benny's arm a little harder Okay, walking out there and just assure I will, him that... I, I will protect you. I, don't yeah. worry. We'll, we'll get through this. I might need to protect you. I'm just... You have so many times before. I know. It's just every once in a while I have to pretend like I can protect you. Aww. Aww. <laughs> I just squeeze him a little tighter and just let him know that no matter what, my dear Benny... I love you forever. If I am pulled into this somehow, please know that and always keep that memory. We will we will win together or we will fail together. But either way, we will be together. Oh. I love Benny <laughs> so much. <laughs> I love love. <laughs> you guys are just the most. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go clean a scalpel. <laughs> um, so you guys set up the area you get everything ready to go as with all good rituals there's an involved chant that goes on uh, and we have oh, all rituals, you know. and with all rituals, there's the chanting and the dancing so <laughs> the hey hey and the hey ho here's the question before we get into it because Decisions have to be made before spells start to get cast. As this is going along, the way that this ritual works is you have to find a way to draw Sir Nuno's here. Because this isn't a summoning spell, this is a banishment spell. There's a couple ways to do that. It is a sacred site, 
so you can call upon him and do a summoning spell at the beginning. That will take more mental toll on you, though. Every spell you take, he'll be watching you. <laughs> okay, thank you for saying it, because otherwise I was going to have to. <laughs> <I know>. <laughs> <laughs> Someone had to do it. Someone had yeah. to do it. <laughs> Someone had to do it. So you have the choice of doing a summoning spell and then doing the banishment spell, which is one way to do it, but then you're talking rolling twice on your sanity, rolling twice on everything. Or you can use Alize as bait, which brings me to the second part of this. When he shows up, someone has to get close enough to stab him in the heart with a dagger while the ritual is going on. Yeah, I volunteer to stab him. Mm -hmm. Okay. I feel like that's the most cathartic and best thing in the situation. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Do you want to do a summoning spell or do you want to do bait? I think our plan had been to use Alizé as bait and she seemed game for that, but she can always change her mind. (laughs) (laughs) Game. seem game sometimes. (laughs) Alizé, how would you call for Sir Nunos? Like, what would you say? How do you call your lover boy? I say baby. <laughs> Sorry. Um. <laughs> but if you're being bait, how would you get him to come out? I'm just going to let them know, hey, I'm going to try to go into my wolf mind right now. So please just keep an eye. And I um, close my eyes and try to like reconnect with that part of myself to make like a wolf howl for him. Call of the wild, so to speak. Oh, oh. you've been feeling this pressure to do just that since you got sedated and you (laughs) you've been feeling that draw to that part of you you guys are in a a large circle and this wolf appears not far away from you alizé and you know that it's your other half and it says to you are you coming back to us Do you wish to be one of us again? Do you miss the hunt? No. Do you miss the blood? No. I miss him. Hmm. You wish to see him? Yes, I do. Hmm. Why do your friends smell of fear? It's very tantalizing. No one is afraid. (laughs) You can hide certain things from a wolf, but you can't hide fear. I thought only dogs and bees smelled fear. Oh, I guess you are kind of a dog. Send him my way, would you? Just know that if you're planning anything, he will kill all of you horribly. Then he walks off. Sounds like a plan. See you soon. So a few moments later, the trees start to shake a little bit, and Sir Nunos comes out of the branches and the trees. He's taller than he normally is. He's not wearing anything, but he's got his skin is the jet black with the stars in it. And he's got these huge horns. And as he starts to approach you, he goes from probably like 12 feet tall down to about six. For everybody but Terry, I think we need to do a sand check. Yeah, we do. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's about right. 84. Three. (laughs) Ooh. 22. I'm good. All right. Lisette's like, I'm new here. (laughs) Hello, I'm new and I have to kill a goat in a second. I'm just not feeling super great. 
Oh, I forget that. Um, okay. <laughs> yeah, the goat was not happy when the wolf showed up. Like, yeah. oh shit, wait a minute. Uh, so you take five points. I'm at a 49. Oh, yay, it was twins. You are dealing with a god, so that's yeah. usually how that works. <laughs> not far away from the circle, Ethel, you notice once again Dr. Vogg taking notes. Son of a bitch. <laughs> Do me a favor, roll against your intelligence, Dr. Powell, and let me know what you got. You want to get higher than your intelligence. Okay, higher? Yes. yes. Well, no. Do I get advantage? <laughs> no. Okay. <laughs> I did not do it. I got a 52. Okay, roll a 10 for me. Seven. Okay. Oh, Uh-oh. I think I remember what seven is. I'm starting to remember. <laughs> I'm just too small. Oh, I love that. Like Now that I've rolled, now that, it doesn't matter. I'm just sad. <laughs> you turn and just start running. Let me see something. You turn and you you start to try to run away and the general reaches out and grabs the back of your dress mm-hmm. and and pulls you back as you're just trying to get away from this thing. <laughs> One-handed. Yep. <laughs> you see not far away, you guys are flanked by wolves all around in the woods. So had he, and I rolled for it, had he let you go, they would have gotten you. Oh no. So you're panicking, and right now you're kind of out of commission just for the next few minutes as he tries to calm you down. We'll get right back to you. Okay. How many points do you have at this point uh, for sanity? 49. Oof. Yeah. You yeah. A lot. It's been a rough season. I just it has started. Been. Yeah, I know. <laughs> well, you're in season three, so that makes that's the hard part is that, you know, <laughs> we're at DEFCON Cthulhu at this point. Okay, so... <laughs> Yeah, he walks up, and yeah. That's like Def Con Cthulhu Jam. Anyway. Anyway. <laughs> so he comes up to you and looks down and just kind of stares at you with his starry eyes. The chanting begins as you guys try to cast the spell. Dr. Powell, Ethel, and Eugenia, and I'm going to roll for Benny and for, well, the general doesn't really know what chanting is. Give the governor a rough. You watch your ass. Okay, so we're going to be rolling against our power. Let me know what you get. A 36 underneath my 70. A 5 under my 70. Wow. Nice. Best roll I've had all day. Hey. What's that? Oh, I got a 40. Okay, cool. Nice. Sorry, I didn't hear you. Nope, okay. I didn't say it. I was like, blah, blah, yeah. blah, blah. <laughs> so when you guys cast this spell, it definitely takes a toll on you because you're using magic and you're tapping into forces way beyond human comprehension. I'm going to roll to see how much sand you take from this particular thing. Now, just so you guys know, you can get sand back. I know that there's been a lot of sand loss. Yeah, we're hanging on by a thread right now, my friend. (laughs) Yeah. We will talk about how we're going to deal with sand loss soon. So, all right. You guys take three points from the ritual and the spell. Yeah. 
you definitely need to maybe take a break <laughs> from seeing horrible things for a day or two. So you hear them around you chanting Alize, and you suddenly feel this different energy come over the circle, and you, you just know that the spell is working because the whole energy of the circle has changed, and it's in that moment that you need to strike. How are you going to do this? Well, I've got the dagger at the ready, got my hand on it, and I'm going to put my hand on his nice starry, starry chest. It's going to be hard because I feel like I'm going to be drawn to that chest for a hot second because it probably feels really nice to feel like the, the stars and nights in my hand. But I'm going to steady my hand on that starry chest to pull out the dagger. The goat has been killed, right? Well, that's what I was just about to say because I was remembered about the goat. Yes, <laughs> Dr. Powell, just give me a straight up medical roll, but I'm going to give you advantage on it because you did studying and whatever for it. I'm going to be... Thank you. I got a 16 the first time and then a 15 Ooh, the second excellent. time. Excellent. So, nice. yeah, you pull the goat's heart out and Alize, as you're touching his skin, you feel this flash of everything that you've been through with him. And some of it was quite hot and naughty. <laughs> and that kind of overwhelms you for a moment. Can you give me a, give me a power roll? Roll against your power. It's a 37. My power is 70. Oh, no problem. You remember Benny. You push past all of the stuff and you just think about Benny standing there with that little grin on his face waiting to get married and you have a clear head. Tell me what you do. I study myself and look him in the eye and just say, it is finished. <laughs> and I stab him with my dagger, plunge the dagger into his chest to try to rip it open and hopefully something good happens. All right, so you do that and the dagger goes straight into his chest and you basically are able to, because Starskin is weird, you go through his body, out his back, and he explodes in a brilliant, fiery flame of light, just overwhelms all of you, and you're all knocked down. A moment later, you're looking around, and it's just darkness. There's no wolves with you. There's just the sky up above. The general comes over to Eugenia and says, oh, oh. I'm all, it helps you I'm up. all right, dear. Are, are you all right? Uh, uh, um, Benny comes over and it helps Alizé up. And, dear, I, uh, it's over, right? That's it. For now. <sighs> I can't say that it'll be forever, but it is for now. You're so brave. I'm so happy for you that we've been able to finish this and at least for now you're so brave i adore you everyone let's go back to the house and make some sort of drink like a wine or something hard to liquor up a little bit i just feel like maybe we need to uh relax that is the best idea i've heard all evening yes a brandy sounds lovely <sighs> so you guys walk back up to the house and that's where we're gonna stop it Nice. Woo. Hey. Woo. Cool. 
Thank you guys so much for playing. It was really cool. And that was a lot of fun. Let's find out what everybody is doing. Let's start with Abria. Hi, I'm Abria Iyengar. You can catch me on social media at Quiddy, Q-U-I-D-D-I-E, and I stream all over the place. So on Tuesdays, you can catch me over at Saving Throw Show at 8 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, running Pirates of Salt Bay, which is a D&D 5th edition game. Uh, and... Terry is one of my amazing players, so definitely come check it out. Uh, on Wednesdays, I'm over at the Scabby Rooster at 7 p.m. PST playing in Dimian's Gate, which is a really cool sci-fi game in the Hill Folk system. And uh, on Saturday mornings, you can come and join both me and Michelle as we play uh, Return to the Spider-Verse on It's Probably Okay's Twitch channel. And yeah, it's just a real fun spider, spider hangout. <laughs> I'm Michelle Otis, and uh, you can find me on the socials at Michulu, that's M-I-C-H-U-L-H-U. As uh, Bria mentioned, we are on Return to the Spider-Verse together, so join us on Saturday mornings for some spiderific fun. And uh, you can also find my music uh, for all of your, your role-playing game needs um, on uh, Plate Mail Games through DriveThruRPG or through BattleBards. Hey guys, you can find me, Terry Gamble, um, at the Terry Gamble on the internet, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, um, or at terrygamble.com. And as Abria said, I'm on Tuesdays at Pirates of Salt Bay. Arr, I'm a crusty pirate. I was so funny. Some guy was like, oh, I bet you're like a saucy wench. Like he was trying to flirt with me. And I was like, no, dude, I'm a crusty old little pirate man. <laughs> Check it out. Very opposite character than I play here in Otherworld London. And I love it. I'm also a little lovelorn too. So maybe not fully opposite as we would think. More similarities than, uh, yeah, than, you would, than meets the eye. Um, you can also find me Mondays playing, not playing, um, talking about scary movies at Horror Movie Survival Guide. Sometimes we play there too, but no game really just uh talking and playing um about scary things um you can find me everywhere else just check the twitters because i play i'm doing some one shots and some whatnot coming up soon uh so check those out hey guys you don't need to do a complicated chant to summon me you can just find me on the internets as at strange like that on the twitter the instagrams and the facebooks you can hit me up there to see some of the art i've been working on i've got a little shop i've got tarot card readings i'm doing remotely fun stuff you can also catch me every monday over at happy jacks rpg where i am playing in two different games uh on alternating mondays one of them is things from the flood which is super fun and full of wacky weirdness and the other is a brand new game called the great american witch which i am looking very forward to diving into and uh being living my best spooky life when i'm not living it here at otherworld london my name is wes otis and you can find me at plate mail games on twitter you can also find me at plate mail games on instagram you can find the show 12 uh cited stories the number 12 at Twitter and also on Instagram. You can find us on our, our own webpage as well. If you want to help out the, um, the podcast, we would greatly appreciate it. You can join our Patreon. Uh, just look up 12 Side Stories on Patreon, or you could give us a review or a shout out. Any of those things help a lot. We really appreciate what Whatever works for you is great. Thank you so much for listening. We appreciate it, and we will talk at you soon. Bye.